0: Welcome back to License to Spiel. I'm Carl Wonders. And I'm Thad Hate. And today we're moving on to another film franchise. We're going to be talking about The Bourne films, starting with The Bourne Identity from 2002.
1: Yes, so the Jason Bourne films, because, you know, it's still spy related. So at some point we'll probably run out of spy movies and just start watching movies we want to watch. But right now we're we're still watching spies. And... Did you see this when it came out? No, I did not see this when it came out. Uh, I didn't either. I saw the first two. Uh, I'm thinking maybe 2005, 2006, somewhere around then. Okay. Uh, a friend of mine had them on, had the box set of the first two on DVD, and I borrowed them and watched them. And then not too long after that, so maybe it was 2007, uh, I, I then saw Ultimatum in the theater. Okay. And I have seen... All of them since then.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's pretty similar to me. I didn't see the first two in the theater. I did catch them on Blu-ray at home. And then like you went to see Ultimatum and the other ones after that.
1: I actually owned Born Ultimatum on HD DVD. Whoa,
0: Okay. Yay. (laughs) Nice. Do you still have it?
1: No, I got rid of all of my HD
0: DVDs a few years ago. (laughs) Did somebody buy them or do you just throw them um, out or what does one do with an HD DVD?
1: <laughs> Actually, some of them might still be in a box in the attic. Now that I think about yeah. it, <laughs> uh, but uh, I got rid of a lot of them. Uh, it was not long after. So most of my HD DVDs, in fact, all of my HD DVDs were bought after the format was dead. Mm. Uh, in the months after it had died, like, like, right after, like, you know, they had announced, you know, they weren't making any more, like, prices plummeted on them. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was way cheaper to buy HD DVDs than the Blu ray equivalents. Sure. Yeah. So, I bought tons of HD DVDs for almost nothing. uh And I had the HD DVD external drive that you attach to an Xbox 360. Right. That's right. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> but not long after i had picked up a whole bunch of really cheap HD DVDs, warner brothers did a what they called the red to blue program where for like five dollars each they would you could send them the packaging for your HD DVD, and they would send you the blue oh right? that's not bad that's not a bad idea no so like for instance, I had the box set of the first five Harry Potter movies mm-hmm. that I had picked up for like ten bucks because it was on HD and then paid five dollars to convert it to Blu-ray, wow. which was a steal. Still, that's a heck of a lot cheaper
0: than buying the first one on Blu-ray. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. But no, Born Ultimatum. I specifically remember that I had this because when I bought my HD DVD drive at Kmart. Hmm. Speaking of things that no longer exist, uh. <laughs>
0: was it that in carlisle was the one it was in carlisle <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> and it is now closed uh it's where i got my uh, covid shot actually <laughs> uh in an, in an abandoned kmart is where they uh set that up set set up a covid clinic okay. but <laughs> born ultimatum was the one hd dvd title they had in there like <laughs> okay media section at that out, so i bought it
0: <laughs> oh and I, I have a lot to say about that movie when we get to it in a couple of weeks uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no that one i definitely don't have i because i i uh sold it to second and charles which is a uh you secondhand movies and bookstore oh, okay where they'll sort of like gamestop for movies mm-hmm. and books um like, I mean, I realize you understand the concept, but like they're like like they have like a, a big retail, like it's a chain similar to game if, if GameStop did movies and books. Oh, OK. Gotcha. It's not like, uh, you know, small stores. Right, right. Uh, they have the uh, and that particular HD DVD was a HD DVD slash DVD combo. So they took that for me and gave me the DVD price, which is like a dollar.
0: Oh. <laughs> it's probably more than the HD DVD.
1: <laughs> Cause you, well, you can still HD. you can still
0: play dvds
1: you can still play hd dvds if you own an hd DVD I guess. player.
0: true that's true uh
1: i don't anymore mm. but i actually i think i might probably still have that drive somewhere um but uh i know um i remember it got harder and harder to be able to play them like at, at one point like the xbox stopped like after a firmware update the xbox could no longer <laughs> play them and the playback software p- for PC, you had to use a program called Power DVD, which they stuff like newer versions of that wouldn't play it. So what? like That's the annoying. only way if you have an HD DVD collection, which why would you? <laughs> uh <laughs> the only way to play it these days would be with a dedicated player, like the one that you hook up to your TV. Which I'm sure you can buy them on eBay and I'm sure they cost an absurd amount of money now. Oh, you can buy a Philips HD DVD player for four, 50 bucks on eBay. Well, Never mind. Oh, there you go. Oh, no, it's labeled as an HD DVD player, but it is, in fact, a DVD player. Well, that's garbage. It is an
0: upscaling DVD oh, player. Oh, no, no, wise. no, no,
1: no. Do not want that. Yeah, in fact, I don't even know how to search for HD DVD player without just getting DVD player that output HD. Ugh. Oh, OK. No, here's a Toshiba for 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. Claims to be working. Claims to be working. I mean, well, I mean, oh, it's eBay. It's like I, yeah, I'm not buying one. No, no. I I watch this on Blu-ray. So <laughs> <laughs> that said, was no there was no qualitative difference between HD DVD and Blu-ray. They were the same. Uh, a Blu-ray disc will hold more data, but especially in those mid 2000s years mm-hmm. the actual file sizes on blu-rays and hd DVDs were identical
0: yeah it was the color of the light that was different or you know the, yeah. the the laser that read the discs
1: I still maintain hd-dvd had the way
0: better name yeah no because it says what it is
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah anyway let's talk about this movie and not yeah, hd-dvd sure.
0: no so i you know i was saying i i never I never went to see this either, and I think it flew under the radar a co- for a couple reasons, for me at least. Uh, one was I was in grad school at the time, and just going to the movies in New York City was not something I did regularly. Um, sure. And also, this came out the same year as Die Another Day, and I think I was kind of over spy stuff at the time. <laughs> uh, although, hilariously, this is kind of this where the Born movie... Oh Day. my gosh, it's better than... Yes, yes it is. Uh, you know, we talked a few episodes ago... Actually, be a lot of episodes ago now uh, about uh, how the the Bond fr- franchise clearly took a page out of the Bourne book and and started making films in that style. At least a couple of the uh-huh. Craig films definitely owe a lot to these films. Oh yeah, you know this one's interesting. It's it's directed by Doug Lyman, who had done a lot of independent film work to that point. Uh, it's the only one that he directed. And then you could kind of tell a change in style. uh, Beyond that, he also, I think the the best film, at least the one that I can think of that he also directed, was uh, Edge of Tomorrow, which I think we've talked about a couple times already.
1: I love that movie, which is a great film. I
0: think he did Mister and Mrs. Smith, which I did not care for very much. I also, I liked that. It was fine. Then again, I have not seen
1: it since it came out. Okay, so I may not like it now. I liked it. As a teenager, when I saw it in the theater,
0: mm-hmm. he did something else, too, that I was like, uh, oh, yeah, he did Jumper, which is a, a movie.
1: Oh, that is the Hayden Christensen movie. movie. I mean, yeah, I, it's a Hayden Christensen movie. Yeah. So, of course, it's not a good movie for <laughs> Hayden Christensen. But yeah, no, that that Hayden Christensen, Samuel L. Jackson movie that is not Star Wars. Yes.
0: Yes. That one. It was not good. No, it was. I saw
1: that in the theater too. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that was, um, yeah. and then this was also, this was written by, uh, somebody named W Blake Heron, who I don't, am not that familiar with. And Tony Gilroy, who nope. I think has done pretty much all of the, I don't think, maybe he didn't do the fourth book or I'm sorry, the fourth movie. Uh, but I know he did the other ones and, uh, Oh no, actually, you know what? I think he did. Cause I think he directed the fourth one. Now that I think about it, uh, he did one of my favorite movies in the past. I don't know how many years. Uh, Michael Clayton. And he did another movie called Duplicity, which I thought was I kind of fun. I haven't seen that ah, one. Uh, probably. I would say it's um, uh, George Clooney's best acting. in okay. has been done in that movie. Uh, it is not. Wow. It is not like a Bourne movie. <laughs> it's very slow burn. It's kind of a. It's like an inverse Aaron Brockovich movie in that. If if when you watch it, if you watch it, you'll understand what I mean by that. But uh, lots of good acting. It's the I think it's the movie that uh, uh, Tom Wilkinson suddenly started showing up in everything after he was in that movie uh, for a few <laughs> years, anyway. Um, but anyway, yeah. So Tony, yeah,
1: but yes, Born Legacy was written and directed by Tony. Okay, Hilderoy.
0: there you go. Have you by any chance read any of the books? I have not. Okay, I am aware they exist. Yeah, they exist. Uh, the setup. <laughs> is basically the same as in the book here. Uh, you know, they, this boat finds, fishing, fishing boat finds somebody floating in the water. They don't know who he is. Uh, he doesn't know who he is. And the story unfolds. It's, it doesn't unfold at all like it does in, in the movie. After that, they just basically took the title of the books and made their own movie around them and had nothing to do with any of the books. Uh, I've only read the first one and maybe half of the second. Okay. Um I don't find Robert Ludlum's prose to be something that I can easily follow. He's he's very I have wordy. I've
1: never read anything by Robert
0: Ludlum. He wrote a lot of books. Yeah. Didn't he write a lot of legal books to like legal thrillers? Um, I don't know. He might have.
1: Like I feel like isn't like his like most famous book The Pelican Brief or something That's like John that. That's John Grisham. I'm thinking of John Grisham. You're right. Yep. <laughs> they are two different people
0: but his his title style is similar where it's always the something something like the proper right. name something a uh, noun you know <laughs> like
1: he has so many books that his wikipedia article just has a link to his to a separate article called robert ludlum bibliography <laughs>
0: yeah i think he primarily worked in the spy genre he's
1: ah uh, and he's got he's there's the got the whole James Patterson situation where there's a whole bunch of books written under the Robert Ludlum brand that are yes. not written by him. Right, because
0: he died during the making of this movie.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so. Well, then not quite James Patterson, because I think he's still no, alive. No, I think
0: James Patterson is still alive. I mean, Tom Clancy is still writing books, apparently, even though he's been dead for a while.
1: Tom Clancy's been dead for a while. And he's
0: also executive producing the Jack Ryan TV show, which I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> Is Clive Cussler writing posthumous books too? Probably.
1: Feels like the sort of thing he would do. Yes, he is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like the Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> so yeah, they. So yeah, they find somebody floating in the water. Uh, turns out to be a very young Matt Damon. Extremely young. Yeah. I like the juxtaposition of. He made this movie the year after he made Ocean's Eleven, and (laughs) he couldn't be any more different (laughs) than than Linus Caldwell in this movie. Uh, My understanding is he trained his ass off for this part, which it shows.
1: Oh, yeah. That scene with him, like, free climbing that building was actually him.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised they let him do that, but I guess he wasn't as big of a star at the time, so... Yeah,
1: but he was still a pretty well-known name even then. Maybe that was the last thing they filmed. Like Matt Damon had already been in oh, a yeah. bunch of things like, by the time. Talented Mr.
0: Ripley and time. probably Goodwill Hunting, right? Yeah, Dogma. Dogma, up. Oh, yeah, can't forget Dogma. So uh, very early on, this guy who was apparently a surgeon, um, who has terrible scalpel technique, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you don't cut with the tip. Like that. Um, he finds this little cylinder embedded in his under his skin, and he it turns out to be this laser that has the.
1: Why did he cut out the cylinder embedded under his skin? Like it was clearly healed. Like yeah,
0: I don't know because he's nosy. I don't know. I guess. But so one thing I do remember from the book, in it, and they said it on the IMDb trivia page, was uh in the in the novel, it's a cylinder that has a piece of microfilm that has the same bank number on it. But apparently the filmmakers thought that not very many people would know what a microfiche reader was in 2002, which I question because f- fair point. Yeah. So they updated it with this little laser thing. I, mean, I, this is a really good setup for a story though, with this guy. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's, it's a classic setup, but you know, no memory of who he is. Only these, this one little clue to find out something about him. Uh, they know he fought, he was in the water. He was shot in the back twice, and that's it. That's all we know.
1: Yes, it's a very good setup. It get it keeps us guessing with Jason Bourne mm-hmm. throughout the movie, trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Also, uh, I can't believe neither of us thought to mention Saving Private Ryan when we're talking. Oh my about gosh! Yes, Matt yes, yes.
0: There, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of an omission. Uh. But yes, no, I was uh, I like I, I mentioned earlier, um,
1: possibly before I think before we started recording mm-hmm. that I I mentioned that I had seen it back in like 2006, 2007, somewhere in there. And I don't think I've seen it since then. Mm. And so, I mean, I vaguely remembered it, but I, I got sucked in watching this on yeah. uh, uh, I mean, I I always have fewer notes than you, but I only had five <laughs> this time because I was mostly just sitting there watching the movie.
0: I would say I've I've seen this movie from beginning to end, maybe five times just here or there. OK, I've seen parts of this movie countless times because it, it falls into that category of and it doesn't really happen anymore now because of cord cutting and whatnot, but it used to be. If I was flipping channels and I happened upon this movie, I would just sit and watch the rest mm-hmm. of it. Sure, uh, it's one of those movies for me where, oh, the Born Identity's on. Okay, I think I know what I'm going to watch for the next hour and a half or whatever it is. Uh, uh, right. Even if there's commercials or what have you. And I I do distinctly remember one time with my dad, we were up late, not too late, but uh, we were flipping channels, and it was probably when he was at the bank, and we said, mm-hmm. oh well, you know, we, why don't we just watch this? And then. It was on some channel that had commercials for like, you know, 10 minutes of commercials, five minutes of movie. And we said, screw it Mm. and put on his DVD. And we just watched it from the beginning on the DVD uh, (laughs) and ended up finishing (laughs) it before the movie was over on TV. So (laughs) (laughs) that's funny. uh, Because one another thing it kind of has going for is it's not an overly long movie. It's it's less than two hours. And it, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it. I mean, it doesn't feel like a long movie, but I, I, I'm kind of surprised at how short it is, actually.
1: Well, it is almost two hours. Yeah. It's like one minute, one hour, 58 back, minutes. Back when that was so. the
0: usual length of movies.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I I think it's a very well paced. It mm-hmm. it holds it, it holds your attention the whole way through. Yep. And it's very well shot. I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy a lot of the camera work in this movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I did read that uh, one of the things that the director did was he didn't... And I think... Uh, I, I think this was done on The French Connection, which is an old movie from the 70s. Uh, did this too, where he didn't... The director didn't let the the cinematographer or the director of photography attend rehearsals for some of the action scenes. So the camera was always kind of one step behind what was going on. So it's almost like a film crew showed up and filmed this thing happening and didn't know what was happening or what, where things were mm-hmm. going to go. And I think it works really well that you're kind of, it kind of throws you in, in, into the room that they're in when they're having, you know, a fight or what have you.
1: Right. And it helps. Yeah. Cause you're watching it and then you're not anticipating what's exactly. happening
0: either. Yeah. Uh, I think that's best done in that fight that happens later in his apartment. Um, yeah, so he gets off the boat, and I don't know if they said where he is, actually.
1: I assumed Italy. Yeah, it
0: looks Based very on, Italian. Based like, on, the, fish, the fishing guy. The
1: fishermen were speaking Italian, yep. and it's an easy train ride from Italy to Switzerland.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a cute little visual gag here where he's walking, and the little blue car pulls in front of him and he disappears and you can kind of see he just ducks down and runs out behind it. But it's a cute little visual. And he's off to, he's off to Switzerland cause you know, the bank, the Swiss bank number that was in his hip and, uh, you know, doesn't have a place to stay. He's on the bench in the park and the police come up and try to arrest him and, or ask for his papers and everything. And he beats the crap out of them. And it's the first time we get the sense yeah. of like, whoa, how does he and, he and he has a look where he's like, how did I just do that?
1: Yeah, because he because I don't know if we covered this very well, but he has complete amnesia. Yes. He he has all the skills that he would normally have, which is how amnesia is actually supposed to work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's good. Uh, But he has no idea who he is. So, yeah, he yeah, I like that because we as the audience are also experiencing this moment of, oh, wow, he's got. Serious training here, mm-hmm.
0: I mean, the only thing that I would think that the fact that this is a movie had going against it is going in we've seen trailers and whatnot for this movie, and right, you know that uh, but I don't I mean obviously you have to market the film and everything, but I don't know how else you would uh sell the movie without explaining a little bit about more than what we know, and then we get scenes you know we get we get led in on things ahead of time before the before jason Bourne does um you get this info dump scene here at the cia the guy doing the briefing always throws me because his voice doesn't seem like it should come out of him but uh, (laughs) that's Nikwana wambosi speaking in paris the day before yesterday He was an irritation before he took power he was a problem when he was in power and he's been a disaster for us in exile
1: he throws me because like he looks like vaguely like george hw
0: bush a little bit i think it's the glasses Uh, more than anything and and definitely that's not george hw bush's voice (laughs) no (laughs) and we find out there's a deposed african warlord i guess is the best way to put it yeah who is making a stink about the cia and he's a bit of a he's a liability to the cia yes and
1: uh and he's saying that the cia tried to assassinate him
0: yes he's making claims which nobody seems to want to go in on they but we see a nice dramatic push in on brian cox so i wonder if he's involved in this
1: uh probably not
0: no um i love every scene like he's he goes and sits down with chris cooper who is the other guy running the show in this movie. This was back when Chris Cooper played every type of these people in every movie that came along.
1: Uh, Yeah. I have a note in my notes where I'm just simply asking, did Chris Cooper ever play a good guy in a movie? Because I can't think of a single No, I can't.
0: No. I mean, the other big role that I can think of him from is American beauty, uh, Mm -hmm. which is probably where he became as well known as he is. I mean, he's been in other stuff, but yeah, I'm.
1: Oh yeah. He's in a lot of things.
0: He's in a lot of things and he always plays. He was in the Muppets. Uh-
1: <laughs> yes, he was. He was a bad guy in the Muppets. He was a
0: bad guy in the Muppets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm hard pressed to think of him. A- he was
1: a bad guy in the Amazing Spider-Man. Yep. Um. Yeah. I'm try- just. He was a bad guy in October Sky. I mean. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, e- that's everything a, a,
1: that. Everything that?
0: I've seen him in. Yeah. He played JD Salinger in a movie about JD Salinger, which I guess is not a good Probably guy not a bad when you think guy. about it.
1: <laughs> he plays a character named child murderer in The Ring.
0: <laughs> I'm going to guess he's not a good guy in that movie.
1: Yeah, I have never seen The Ring nor do I want to. No. I presume that's the description and not a name. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, the the remake? Hmm? Wait, the the horror movie The Ring? Yeah, in 2002. Oh, I did not know that. Interesting.
1: I have never seen it. I don't want to. Oh, OK.
0: It's it's a horror movie. Um,
1: Yeah, that's why I don't want to see it.
0: Yeah, I didn't hate it, I guess. But uh,
1: he was in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Was he a villain in that one, too? <laughs> Is there a villain in that movie?
0: The, the rival TV host to Mr. Rogers? I don't, I
1: don't know. I wouldn't put it past him. Actually, yes, looking at the he is a villain in that movie.
0: (laughs) So even in a Mr. Rogers biopic, Chris Cooper plays a bad guy.
1: Yes. (laughs) So I've never seen it, but my understanding is. But yeah, uh, the movie, there's a it's a Mr. Rogers biopic. And it's the the story of the movie is that there's a journalist assigned to profile Mr. Rogers Mm -hmm. and he comes to respect mr rogers and whatnot throughout that process and chris cooper plays the journalist estranged father and a philanderer who abandoned him when they were children
0: (laughs) so yes (laughs) chris even in a mr rogers movie chris cooper is a villain wow okay you find your niche and you stay there all right all right so born goes to the bank this bank feels like it's out of a Dan Brown novel. Oh, very much so. Uh, <laughs> it's like where they get the that little cylinder that has the map to the grail or whatever in it. Uh, also, the woman at the desk is like the most German person I've ever seen in my life, even though she's Swiss. Completely unimpressed with him. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so I, I love the setup where you go into this little alcove and they have this giant vault and they bring you your... Safety deposit box, and they just kind of give you your space.
1: And I like how, even in the safety deposit box, this is just how much of a secret agent he is. He's got his like normal stuff on top that would look normal if someone had to break into it. Yep. And then it's the false floor of the box where the spy stuff is. It's Mm -hmm. like, even like, because someone (laughs) would have to have his handprint to get to this in the first place. Yeah. Also, he has contact lenses in that safe deposit box. He does. He has a lot of them. Contact lenses don't, like, last long term, do they? Don't they, like, expire pretty quickly?
0: Um, they, so I have a bunch of disposable ones, and they're probably good for, like, three years. Oh, okay. In, in, it, as long as you don't open them, because there's, like, a little, little well of saline solution in there. So as long as they're sealed up, they're, they're okay for a while. Okay. I'm assuming they're like colored contacts and stuff for right. Yeah. Disguise reasons and stuff.
1: That makes sense. But like in the section with like the, you know, innocuous section, he also has a bunch of credit cards, which I feel like would be a red flag if you were like actually investigating someone. Like, why would you keep your credit cards in a safe deposit box?
0: That's a good question. I mean, it is a Swiss bank safety deposit box. So would they be able to see it anyway?
1: Right. That's fair. So, yeah, he finds out that he is Jason Bourne. Yep. But then he opens the box farther and discovers a whole bunch of other identities. Mm hmm. The only one that matters being John Michael Kane.
0: Right. Because the passport for that one is missing.
1: And he's got a gun and money and a whole bunch of different countries. Currency. Mm-hmm.
0: So he takes everything but the gun. He puts everything in this little I like the little red bag they give him to in the mm-hmm. thing to put everything in. Uh, but he has noticed. There's a guy that calls somebody, which I think we find out later. They called uh, Chris Cooper. His name is mm-hmm. character's name is Conklin, who's running the the show at, back at CIA. Now, here's a question I, that I don't quite understand. I think they're in what Zurich. Mm-hmm. Zurich's a big place. Yep. There are no bears though. There are no bears. That's true. There are no bears there in Zurich. That's right. <laughs> Those are in Bern. Uh, I highly doubt that the Zurich police would have a I'd been able to identify him to the point where they would start following him around.
1: I'm assuming that they got a tip off from the CIA like they called in to say this guy did this, did something.
0: you know, maybe that makes sense because at one point. Gabriel Mann, who's like the assistant for Chris Cooper, says something about how he beat up two cops and put them in a hospital. So and I'm like, again, how would they know that was him? But I guess they put two and two together on that one, probably. Maybe. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a stretch, but I'll go with it. I, I do like how he, you know, he notices he's being followed by the police. He goes into the embassy and the embassy's like, no, you can't come in because uh, he has a U.S. passport on him.
1: Yeah, so he walked into the, pa- into the embassy, but the embassy won't let the cops in because they're not right Americans. Yeah, which, yeah, that's a nice. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, the CIA calls the embassy. Yes. And here, this is why I'm assuming the police were also part of the CIA doing something. Because the- they cl- they're clearly calling people who are not part of the CIA to aid in this process.
0: Right because they have no all they know back at the CIA is that his mission failed and he went missing. Mhm. Uh, and he's supposed to call in or he's supposed to check in and hasn't done it and you know, he's a he's a liability to them. Uh This is when he's kind of waiting in line for something. I'm not quite sure what. Uh he overhears this woman fighting with another one of the people at the embassy uh Franco Patente who is from Run Lola Run, which is a great German film. Uh I think it's mostly where she's been had been known for uh up until this movie. Yeah, then then the uh the embassy security starts to try to arrest him and he beats them up again.
1: I I realize that embassies have pretty beefy security, but those are a lot of guns. Yeah. Like a lot of guns for an embassy in a country that we have never in any way ever mm-hmm. been hostile with.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. When they're like loading up. Yeah. 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 I mean, up until that point, this feels fairly authentic where right, you know, the, the two guys start to come around the corner and he has the gun and they just kind of back away. This is a hell of a stunt when he throws that guy down the stairs. I would not want to have to do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, those look like marble stairs. Like that's a real staircase in a and real building. And you see
1: his head bouncing on. Him. Yeah,
0: I don't know how he did that. Yeah, that was impressive. I like how, I I take... how
1: he takes the evacuation yeah. plan off
0: the yep. wall. I've never seen one come off the wall that easily, but yeah.
1: I mean, I've never tried. No, I've never. Fair. That's true. I've never tried. <laughs> Maybe they are just up there with command strips or something. And
0: I feel like, like this is where. Yeah, you know, this is an action movie, but this is the type of action movie I like where I feel like with a lesser director or, or poor writing, they would be having a firefight up the stairs or some uh-huh. dumb thing like that, you know, where he has to shoot his way out or, or something. And it's just a lot of Marines with guns. Again, why uh, <laughs> s- stalking him as he just calmly walks around this building until he goes out the fire escape? Of course, it turns out that the fire escape is broken.
1: That's surely a code violation of some kind. You would think. Like, I don't know how strict code enforcement is in Switzerland, but like everything I know about Switzerland tells me that it would
0: be very strict. I was going to say, if, if there was a place that have more strict vi- uh, code vi- code requirements and buildings than we do, it would probably yeah. be them. So, yeah, that's or, my Or anywhere thought near well. up, really. I mean, well,
1: yeah, but especially Switzerland, yeah. So I when he hangs off the bottom there, I thought at first he was going to, like, break in the closed off window below. Mm, Yeah. But that was uh, that was clever to hide there underneath when the. Yeah. When the Marines come through the
0: door, that was that was smart. I wish I had the upper body strength to even think about doing some of these things. I um even if I
1: had the upper body strength, <laughs> I would, would still not be doing. I would things. not do it. No, no. I don't even like going
0: on a Ferris wheel. I mean, <laughs> definitely not this. Yeah, I hate I'm not a fan of heights. <laughs> and there's that shot when he at the early when the, when the thing breaks and he drops the bag and you just kind of watch it fall. And you can tell, like, no, nope, he's really up that high. And he really did. Uh-huh. You know, they're really suspending him and. Uh, and now he's going to free climb down the building that which Matt Damon did actually do part of this. Uh, I think he did the latter part of it, like towards the bottom. But because his stunt double has a receding hairline that Matt Damon does not. Um, <laughs> but still impressive.
1: Yeah, but he he makes it off. He gets he grabs mm-hmm. his bag and he. Offers uh the woman he saw in the embassy earlier $10,000 to drive him to Paris. Yep.
0: And I like how she thinks it over and then ultimately like, she yeah, even okay. says
1: no, but then he asks for yep. the money back and she's
0: like, "Oh, well." Oh, uh, well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like that when he's like, "Well, can I have my money back then?" And then they just cut to him in the car.
1: I like then we cut to the CIA situation room and they're loading like information on dial-up internet
0: yes
1: (laughs) like it's probably not it's i'm sure it's an isd in line at the cia but like things like the information is popping onto the screen in a way that i haven't seen happen in
0: oh where it's like like line it's like scrolling in line by line these these tables and things yeah
1: and you see that later when they send the photos to paris you see oh the i know photo it's so slow line by line yes which is something that i have not seen since the days of dial-up no so yeah i definitely enjoy this despite the fact that it's early 2000s this very 90s situation room.
0: yeah all of these crt monitors that that room has to be so warm
1: Oh, jeez. Well, the computers, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. OK, no, it is definitely the 2000s because
0: there is one plasma TV on the wall. Yep. <laughs> we get not one, but two establishing thoughts of the Sagrada Familia to show that we're in Barcelona here. Uh, where and then we see Clive Owen teaching this kid piano and he looks at totally not a Star Trek screen. Um, <laughs> and uh, gets orders and then cut to this other guy who's sitting at a boardroom with a company name that's very unfortunate uh on the flag
1: what's the company name
0: f-a-g oh yes okay uh, <clears throat> yeah so we're 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 watching a montage of oh, them mobilizing I'm sure it doesn't mean that in it the... does not it, it stands for something it's it's an acronym and i'm
1: sure they probably don't even have that word in german no, not like in that way. I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have another word that means the same thing. If uh, oh, I'm sure.
0: And if they even use that word, they probably mean cigarette like they do in the UK. Right. But anyway.
1: Yeah. And we see the, the other guy riding his Vespa in Rome. Could you be more stereotypical? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And that guy apparently was the guy that Matt Damon trained with to do learn all of his martial arts stuff, which is oh, okay. why. Which is why they picked him, because then he could do the martial arts fight later. Uh, which makes sense.
1: Oh, for some reason, I was thinking you were thinking you were talking in universe. It was like who Jason Bourne originally trained with. No, 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 no. You no mean, sorry, the, the actor playing the, the actor Roman guy. You mean the actor with Matt Damon. Okay, yes. now I'm following. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry. No, no, no. That's as much my fault as yep. yours. And that's going to be the first guy that tries to kill him.
0: Yep. The first of several. <laughs> we get a nice little quiet scene in the car. Yep. And he
1: explains that he doesn't know who he is and all that. Yep. And, and back in back at the CIA, also do I love the uh early two thousands webcam on top of the monitor too.
0: Yes. Oh man. <laughs> then they use then they hit the enhance button to read the license plate. Which
1: absolutely was not a thing especially not then yeah and here's uh walton goggins yes who you pointed out well yeah i love i love a good Wal- walton goggins appearance he is yeah. a very minor role in this movie
0: he has lines he mm-hmm. has more lines than the other guys do that's true he certainly has more lines than the vespa rider yes i don't think he has any
1: that was my point
0: yeah okay <laughs> So in this scene, they go through Marie, the the, the woman's like family history and stuff. And then Chris Cooper wants to get a wiretap on their phone. I'm like, can the CIA just order up wiretaps on EU citizens or is that a thing we can do? Probably, actually. Is it really? Okay. I,
1: I don't know, but I imagine they have like some sort of agreement with Interpol.
0: Oh, and you know what? When. Oh, here's Julia Stiles, who's for some reason in this movie. When uh, <laughs> <laughs> when when her when the photo is coming in very slowly, she's actually scanning it. It's not oh, is a she? download. Okay. Yeah, it said scanning on the screen, so that's probably why it did that.
1: Oh, okay. And scanning would actually still be like that even today.
0: And I know it isn't, but it looks like she's using MS Paint to make this poster.
1: I think it might actually be. It,
0: it actually isn't because I went and looked for screenshots of old versions of MS Paint.
1: Because, like, the, the toolbar on the left side looks a lot like MS Paint to me.
0: Yep. The color picker was on the bottom.
1: Yes, it was. You're right. And it wasn't that detailed. Uh, no. no. Yeah, no, this is probably, like, some early Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah, now that I'm looking at it more closely, yeah, it's not MS Paint.
0: Um, I That computer is running... It's probably Windows 98, or Windows, uh, I mean... Windows 2000, I think. Well, that's not realistic, then, because the CIA would not use Windows 2000 in 2002.
1: No, but they wouldn't have used 98. They would have been using, like, NT4 or something.
0: Oh, okay, good. Well, especially if she's in Paris. Why would well, Paris matter? Well, isn't isn't Windows NT a thing because of EU? Is it? Well, didn't didn't Windows NT exist because of the bundling of Microsoft... Internet Explorer and it was no in, su- Windows
1: NT existed before then. It was always it was the business version. Oh, even
0: before that, it, oh. Windows NT existed
1: before that that whole kerfuffle.
0: Oh, I always thought that. Or I must be thinking of a different thing then.
1: Yeah, no, the first version of Windows NT was NT three point one in ninety three, and that was before that. Okay. NT was the business version of Windows, basically. But yeah, it, it you're right. It's probably Windows NT or or, or Windows two thousand. Uh, it wouldn't. It certainly wouldn't be XP, which did exist in two thousand two because it came out in two thousand one. But certainly wouldn't mm-hmm. be on this computer. Right.
0: So Matt Damon, they're they're, they get to Paris and they're sitting on. They're kind of hanging out outside the car. Um uh, I just have to point out that his. The, the 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 zipper pull in his sweater almost rivals captain kirk's in generations but not quite
1: <laughs> it, no it's more
0: of a muted color for one yeah, thing yeah that helps <sighs> uh i like the light so so they, they they go drive to his apartment or i i should say i like two lines here one is in this first part when he, they pull over outside of his apartment and she's clearly taken a liking to him already and mm-hmm. doesn't want to leave and is trying to, is trying to drop hints to hint to jason born to that she wants to stick around and at one point she uh, said no no wait. no no um with you you
1: will probably just forget about me if i stayed here
0: how could i forget about you you're the only person i know <laughs> which i think is a cute line uh it is. <laughs> and then I think it's mostly down to how she delivers the line when he goes and rings the bell. And then she's like, I guess you're not home. Which I just like the way she says that. Mm hmm. Um, So now the landlady lets them in.
1: Yes. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Poor landlady. This is a heck of an apartment for some government person to. I mean, I don't know what you pay an assassin, but.
1: I imagine you pay an assassin pretty darn well, I would think.
0: Yeah, like that's probably like GS-14 or higher. I would hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if Treadstone assassins are like publicly available, have their salaries publicly available. (laughs) I don't know.
1: But yeah, I imagine an assassin makes a pretty decent amount of money. (laughs) Like otherwise, you're not going to be an assassin i mean this is a huge apartment for paris yeah i assume housing in paris is comparable to housing in any major city which means it's expensive yeah and oh it's probably even worse in paris with their uh building height restrictions Mm -hmm. he's now trying to find his other alter ego
0: the people that answer the phone at this hotel are just really bad with their guest security
1: so this stuff <laughs> happens in movies all the yeah, time I and i really really wonder how how often
0: that actually happens i hope not often i mean there have been a couple times when you know a family member or somebody i know is staying in a hotel and i call back before cell phones were prevalent and you would always you'd call the desk and you'd say can i have can you page num the this room number or can i call this guest and they always ask you to confirm what room they're in or what the name of the guest is mm-hmm. like they don't just hand you up. and here he is he's calling well first of all he's calling about jason Bourne first and then she's like yeah. no there's no jason Bourne here and He's like oh wait how about this other name and then she gets he gets passed to the manager and he's like are you a friend of his he's like uh yeah sure yes i'm a friend of his and Then they find out that this John Michael Caine person that's on the passport is dead. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know if that's really what they would be doing. But
1: yeah. On the other hand, um, I can say that anytime I've been in a hotel and needed to get another room key, um, like I think one time I was asked to show ID. Mm hmm most of the time I tell them, again, this is more information than he would have, but it it leads to the same sort of thing about lack security at hotel desks. Yes. (laughs) Like, I have definitely multiple times at hotels. uh, I walked up to the desk, said I don't have I lost my key. Here's my name and my room number. And they just gave me another key.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: That sort of thing. It's just it happens. Yeah. So I do wonder, I do think probably a lot of times it's people that, shouldn't give this information but probably just do because yeah. that sort of thing social engineering that sort of thing happens all the time there's people that don't, that actually test that stuff out deliberately to try to to find security holes mm-hmm. sure and w- we do find later that marie does pretend to be his assistant to get information yep.
0: which is a great moment in, mm-hmm. in the movie meanwhile we find that this the guy we saw in Rome comes crashing through the door, not the most subtle attempt at killing somebody because he comes in with a machine gun, going. <laughs> uh, thankfully, nobody gets shot. And well,
1: no one except the landlady.
0: Well, yeah, that's. So he shot the landlady and then went upstairs and then swung into the thing. That's that's weird.
1: Yeah, that whole. I don't know why he shot the landlady if he was coming in from the outside on the second yeah. floor or whatever floor they're on. Right.
0: I mean, what I can't tell is whether that's a courtyard area between like in the middle of the building or or what. But
1: I so is it a thing with Treadstone agents that they just kill themselves if they're captured? Because it it feels really weird that he kills himself here.
0: It does. I mean, it's a it works in the movie. Right. But yeah. Also, when he stabs him in the hand with a pen, it makes me cringe every time I see it. I'm like, yes, seems unpleasant. This is this is the first in a long line of Jason Bourne defeats somebody with household objects. It's a theme that it's a (laughs) theme that runs throughout the whole series. (laughs) Like he beats up a guy with a magazine or a book or something. But yeah, he's interrogating the guy. And then Marie finds the wanted posters and stuff in his bag or whatever. And he just gets up and runs and flips over the railing. Uh, Yeah, which seems odd. Yeah.
1: Especially when you consider, as far as this guy knows,
0: Bourne already knows everything about him anyway. Right, because they don't know that he has amnesia. Right. In fact, I don't think anyone knows about that until he calls them, like, from the farmhouse towards the end of the movie. Yeah. I I don't know if it's in... I, actually, I, I know for a fact it wasn't in the script. It was scripted differently. But I like how Franco Patente plays it after the guy kills himself. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just kind of like in shock really where are your shoes get your shoes sure yeah sure uh, he went out the window why would someone do that and and he has to ca- basically carry her he, like apparently I think it was in the script He was she got hysterical or some you know stereotypical nonsense or something and they decided not to do that which I think is a good choice uh, yes
1: yeah the shock works well I think yeah I like how he tells her not to look at the body then.
0: Yep. I'm a little surprised how easily they walk away from the the building when somebody went out his window, but I guess they wouldn't know. Uh,
1: yeah, I think it's because the... Um,
0: the police hadn't arrived yet.
1: Yeah, if, if the cops were there, they probably wouldn't have, yes. Yeah. But yeah, this... It is interesting that, yeah, they do just get away, but they have to for the plot. I... Mm-hmm. I like uh, when uh, when Julia Stiles calls in to report and says she can't clean it up because there's a body in the street.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And it's just her. Right. Like we don't we don't have a team here. I can't. This this is a major city. There's a dead body in the street. I can't deal with this. So then Jason Bourne goes to the train station and stashes this red bag in a locker at the train station. Which is fine until it magically reappears later in the movie. <laughs> but anyway,
1: well, maybe he off-screen he went back to the transition and got it. Obviously, it, I mean,
0: obviously, because he had plenty of time to do that.
1: Oh, so much. Yeah, uh, I like the clickety clackety trans. Yeah, I, I made, we
0: both made a note of that. Um, well, you I made fr- a
1: note of it, and I commented on yours. Uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I, I am. I was very sad the last time I took a train through Philadelphia and saw that they had removed, they had updated it to a digital
0: board. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, I like the little clickety-clackety ones. I like how he comes back and it looks like she's left, but she just went to buy booze.
1: (laughs) who can blame her?
0: No, I, I don't. And we get a car chase. Through Paris. It's a pretty good
1: car chase. It's a
0: pretty good car chase in the little Mini Cooper that she has.
1: It's interesting that we're seeing another car chase in Paris since the last movie we watched for this podcast was uh Mission Impossible Fallout.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. And then another car <laughs> chase through Paris. Yeah. Hmm. This one isn't quite as exciting.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a pretty good car chase. I like the uh He does he makes that Mini Cooper do some uh pretty impressive things.
0: I mean I think one thing I do remember is pretty much every trailer had the shot of the Mini Cooper going down the stairs.
1: I'm impressed at its suspension.
0: Yes, especially the way the car looks on the outside.
1: Yes, like, I, I certainly wouldn't try to take my Volkswagen Beetle down the stairs. No, but yeah, the, the car chase is fun. I like how he manages to stop all the cops. Mm-hmm. And then the last one just stops because he's keeping an eye on him and doesn't see where he's going. Right, and he just, yeah runs over the car or flips over the car the one thing that i don't understand in that crash is why the plastic windshield fell off Mm, true
0: (laughs) impact impact damage i don't know maybe i guess i mean what i appreciate is that just kind of like you know saying with the there was not a gunfight in the embassy you mean the the crashes aren't over the top right they like they feel like actual car crashes and not cars flipping over and bursting into flames and you know the, <laughs> the cop doesn't go flying through a windshield or anything like that it's it's all he doesn't uh drive the car on two wheels for a while right he doesn't go up on yeah on the on two wheels on the side and then somehow flip on the other side while going through an he alley he doesn't
1: hit the curb at just the right angle that he can jump up one story yes
0: which he will do in another
1: in a future movie. Well, oh, that's on a bike, though. Yeah, it's still.
0: <laughs> the laws of physics do not apply in Tangier. <laughs> Every, any movie filmed in Tangier will show you this. So here's a wardrobe choice that you made a point of highlighting because it's one of your favorite things. So I'll let you talk about that.
1: Yes. So the uh, Wombasi, the African warlord is wearing an overcoat with just draped over his shoulders without his arms <laughs> through it. And I have pointed out in the past that yeah. anytime a character in a movie is wearing an overcoat without their arms through the, uh, through the sleeves, they are an asshole. Yes. It is the quintessential asshole outfit. And it is true in this instance. Yep. Like he even dramatically removes it and for, and tosses it to his aid.
0: Yeah. I will say, for a guy who is an asshole, since he's a deposed warlord, he's actually sure. the victim in this movie.
1: He which is. Is, is,
0: which is interesting because I don't find anything he's actually doing in this movie to be anything that's wrong.
1: Right, but the assumption is that he's probably murdered. Oh, of you know, course, no, absolutely millions of people, absolutely or at
0: least thousands. Yeah, and he fills up this body that's in the morgue and it doesn't have bullet holes in the back so he knows it's not the guy that he shot right and chris cooper has just found out that you know the guy he didn't buy the the ruse that they had set up and (laughs) what are you gonna do hmm i don't know what
1: are we going to do we're gonna cut our hair and have sex
0: clive owen is dan is driving very dangerously here He. He's driving through the rain without his headlights on, and then he looks at his cell phone.
1: That shame is on, very dangerous. Shame on
0: you, Clive he, Owen.
1: He does at least have his running lights on. So he does, but completely
0: still. Scared. And in a black car, no, no less. Yeah.
1: And now, yes, Matt Damon is going to cut. Matt Damon. Uh, <laughs> Jason Bourne. What is Matt going Damon? Cut, okay. <laughs> he's going to cut Marie's hair, and then they're going to have sex because that's what you do in this situation.
0: And he really is cutting her hair.
1: That's impressive.
0: Yeah, I, I think she's wearing a bad wig later, but it's this scene of her getting her hair cut is him cutting her hair. Okay. So that's authenticity, I guess. And then, yeah, so we have the obligatory sex scene. Then she wakes up. And for some reason, Matt Damon is wearing the Captain Kirk's Landing Party shirt from Star Trek <laughs> V. <Five. laughs> I mean, that's what that is, isn't it? The Go a Rock shirt? No, the one that he wore down to Nimbus 3. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, but those shirts were based off an actual no, I, like, military I know,
0: outfits. I know, but I, I, I couldn't figure out how else to work in Star Trek, so... <laughs> you already mentioned the zipper pull. That's true, I did. But that just came to me. This one was I in mean, my notes.
1: <laughs> like, I think it's a... I think it's what... I believe it's uh, the British... It's a British uh, outfit. Like, yeah. the, they're... It might be an SAS thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, it, it's a real military sure. thing. It's got the the pads on the shoulder for, like, the stock of your gun.
0: Yeah. I don't know why they have the little epaulette things, but whatever. Because the British like epaulettes. I guess so. Her her line is cute about how he says, you know, I wipe down the room, and she's like, can I walk around or will I leave footprints? Which is a thing, <laughs> but... I don't think her footprints are in Interpol or whatever. So right. And wiping down the room
1: makes sense because they don't want anyone to know they're there. Mm -hmm. But earlier we also had them wiping down the car. Yes. And that doesn't make sense because they know that they know that they were in that car. Right. And they know that. (laughs) So. How would finding that car without Jason Bourne's fingerprints be any better than finding it with his
0: fingerprints? I would almost think that finding it without fingerprints makes it worse. (laughs) Because now they're like, oh, now they're covering their tracks, so we have to double our effort or whatever. You know, like. and here's where we see Clive Owen takes out Wombosi as he's going down the stairs.
1: This is Chekhov's Clive Owen sniper
0: rifle. Yes. Okay, and then here's where we get the the scene we talked about a little bit earlier, where he sends Marie into the hotel room, presumably to scout out the lobby and where people are and the security and stuff. And he's going to call her on the phone and he's there waiting for. And this is this is actually right out of the book, this moment here where she goes. OK, in. Um, it doesn't end this way. Uh, it, it ends more like the way he wants it to go. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he calls he's going to call the hotel lobby phone and and talk her through it and then she just knocks on the side of the of the phone booth and is like I have the list I would the guy was flirting with me so I just asked him for it and <laughs> said he was said I was the his personal assistant or whatever and he's like oh okay Which yeah, i just don't it it I think my notes said something like how it's the spy version of Indiana Jones shooting the sword guy where it's like, we don't have yeah. to go. We don't have to go through all this rigmarole to get this list. Let's just cut to the chase. Right. So now he's.
1: Yeah, he's got to call all the numbers and find mm-hmm. the the right
0: information here. Now, this is the one part of the movie I don't get. Mm-hmm. And I still don't get. I mean, we'll get there in a sec. Like we should say that <laughs> Brian Cox comes in. To Chris Cooper's office and just reads him the riot act. Because he's like, he knows what's going on. Like, you sent the other guy out to get Wombosi without telling me. And I love all these scenes between the two of them. Just yes. outmaneuver. Like, each one's trying to outmaneuver the other one the whole time. And Yeah, and he's it's great. pretending
1: that it's actually born finishing yep. his mission. Mm-hmm. And that he'll check in within 24 hours. Yep.
0: Oh, there is George Bush on the wall. I think. Yep. on On Chris Cooper's wall.
1: Yeah, it would be. Yes, it is George W. Bush on the wall. Oh, that's George W. Bush. No, actually, no, it might not be.
0: It's got a signature. Yeah, but it looks like like him, doesn't it?
1: It does, and that would make sense, but the signature doesn't look like George Bush. No, it doesn't. I don't know how to Google this.
0: Nah, it's fine. (laughs) But yeah, so this is the part of the movie I don't understand. I don't get what this whole meeting with the security company and the boat and all this is about, like I get it. It's a way to connect Wombosi to Born,
1: right? So he's so so. Born is still trying to figure out what he did, what happened. Yeah, and so he finds out that basically, before he lost his memory, he had <laughs> talked to the security company to get information about the boat when he was planning his attack.
0: Do they do? Do they handle security for Wombosi? Is like. Why do they have Wombosi's boat in a brochure?
1: I'm thinking they may also sell boats and... Well,
0: well that's what it sounded like to me. Like, when he goes in... He's pretending yeah. to be John Michael Kane, and he goes into the guy's office. Well, the woman, the woman in the lobby recognizes him and then takes him back to the guy's office, and he's like, I'm assuming you're still in the market. It's the same vessel or something like that. So I think like they that.
1: sell boats. So is it actually... A- it has security in the name, but I think maybe they do multiple things, and they also sell expensive yachts and stuff. So they've got Wombosi Is
0: securities like stocks that is, might it, be. Is, is it that kind of security like because I, I I can imagine, you know he's pretending that he wants to buy this this style boat because it's the same one Wombosi has, so he can learn all about like its layout and everything mm-hmm. So I guess that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so that's that's yeah, they advertise Wombosi because like they because Wombosi is a name that people know like, oh, this guy has this boat. This rich African warlord has this boat. Don't you want to be such as cool as
0: he is? I don't know if I put African warlords in my sales brochures, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> right. But I think that's where they're going with that. OK. I mean, would Idi Almin be somebody that you want to buy the same boat if he had a boat or you know i don't know you know anyway. there would
1: be a lot of people that would I that's think.
0: that's yeah you know what you're right they're they're billionaires they're yeah anyway
1: <laughs> i get absolutely see someone buying like hey it idi amin had this boat yeah i could absolutely see that
0: yeah that's yeah uh we get the classic bribe the mortuary guy to look at the body scene
1: except it's not there Except the
0: body's not there
1: because it's already been disappeared. Mhm. So now, yeah, he's figured out for sure that it is Wambosi because Wambosi was on the lo- on the visit log uh, yep. at the morgue.
0: Yep. Which also surprises me to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. So then they they go to his address. And it's convenient that they found that paper right there.
0: Yeah. It turns out that he puts two and two together and realizes that he was out there to assassinate Wombosi.
1: Yeah. And this is where Matt Damon finds out that he was the assassin on his yacht. Mm hmm. I keep saying Matt Damon, but That's you know okay. what I mean.
0: Yeah. And they go back to the hotel, but there's a massive police presence at the hotel. And at this point, Marie's freaking out. And Bourne says, basically, I'll. I'll let you go anywhere you want, but we have to get out of Paris before we do that. And yes, the, the, the one thing that I have problems with the authenticity of is the cab driver is like, you gave me too much money. Like I don't know a single cab driver that that would ever do that. Uh, (laughs) And and you get a wonderful ranting Chris Cooper moment here where he's. You might like,
1: as well have hung out a banner that says "Don't come Don't back. come back. Yes. Boy, great police work. Really brilliant. Why don't they just hang out a banner that says "Don't come back"? Jesus Christ! What is a French word for stakeout,
0: huh? Brian Cox is twisting the screws on him now, because he's getting he says fed he up. He knows
1: where he is, and he'll he'll take care of it. But yep, we'll see.
0: And. And Chris Cooper is essentially saying, if I go down, you're going down, too.
1: Yeah. And Walton Goggins has put a bunch of pins in the map of the, yeah. all the places <laughs> yes, he that has. Marie has
0: lived. Yep. Now, is this guy like an ex-boyfriend, just a friend of hers? I don't think they ever really say.
1: I took the took. I inferred that it was an ex-boyfriend. OK. And she, they were hoping he wasn't home, but turns right. out he is.
0: Because they see all the Christmas decorations in the living room.
1: And conveniently, uh, his wife is out of town.
0: Yeah, thank goodness.
1: And they've, meanwhile, back at the CIA, they have figured out where it's going to be just based on location. And they know that she spent a couple months there in 1997. Mm-hmm. So, Clive Owen shows up creepily and gets the information.
0: He, he kills the dog, which kind of bugs me. but At least they don't show it. Yeah. But yeah, he sh- he creepily shows up at that uh, at that Ferris wheel actually outside the Ferris wheel and just appears. Yeah, and takes the info. And yes, he kills the dog, which is the tip
1: off because yep. Jason Bourne immediately knows that the <coughs> that there's someone out there because if the dogs disappeared, then that means that yep he didn't want it to alert them up. Right. So he does the smart thing, which works really well based on where Clive Owen was but what if he had been on the other side of the house <laughs> that would have been a problem yeah so he blows up the fuel tank which obscures his vision Mm-hmm. and we get some cat and mouse in the cornfield and eventually he shoots him yeah. I mean Jason Bourne shoots Clive Owen the assassin and we get a nice touching scene between the two of them I think yeah I like it
0: who else is out here who else how many you got with you I'm not gonna ask you again
1: I work alone, like you. We always work alone. Who me? Who are you, brother?
0: Paris? Treadstone. Both of us. Treadstone? Which one? Paris. I live in Paris. Do you get the headaches? Yeah. I get such bad headaches. You know, at night when you're driving a car. I don't know, maybe it's something to do with the headlines.
1: What is Treadstone? Treadstone said pills. They said go to Paris. Is uh, Treadstone in Paris? Look at this. Look at what they you give.
0: I, I'm always I'm always caught off guard that he dies. But I mean, I guess he got shot with a shotgun. But he seems relatively healthy up until he's not. Yes. But that's okay. And then he takes his bag of stuff and finds his cell phone. Well, I guess we should say this is when the magical red bag shows up again because he gives it to because Bourne gives it to Marie uh, and says, here, I took some money out. Here's the rest. Go and make a life for yourself because. Eamon is getting the hell out of there with his family, as as you would. That is a big
1: puddle that they drive
0: through. Yeah, I'm surprised that little car made it through there.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, now we're very much at the climax here. Mhm. And Jason Bourne calls in.
0: Yep. And it's like who are you? What do you want? And they're trying to trace him. And Bourne's basically just saying, you know, leave me alone, I'll leave you you I'll leave you alone if you leave me alone. And they they can't do that. So he arranges a meeting in Paris.
1: And he does and, tell them Marie's dead.
0: Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah he says that she was slowing him down so he killed her so
1: now now he's planning to absolutely kill jason bourne
0: yep i do like the line as he's leaving with with brian cox when so what are we gonna do
1: i told you i'd clean this up that's what i'm doing Can you really bring him in i think we're past that don't you what, do you have a better idea? Well, so far you give me nothing but a trail of collateral damage from Zurich to Paris. I don't think I could do much worse. Well, why don't you go upstairs and book a conference room?
0: Maybe you can talk him to death. <laughs> he gets on this little plane, which I doubt he flew all the way to France. Yeah. Not from the U.S. I'm, I guess the timing makes sense that he could get to France and get to Paris by 5.30 p.m. It should be dark at 5.30 p.m. Well, that was Paris my in thing, December. too. Is in, in December, it would be dark. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Paris <laughs> is farther north than we are. And it's yes. 5.30. It's dark at 5.30 p.m. here. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. It does get dark soon enough.
0: It does. Yeah. Because Bourne's entire thing was really just to put the tracker on the van.
1: Yep. Because now he's able to... He's found the safe house. Mm-hmm. And he cuts all the... Power to it, and yep. he's on the attack,
0: I do like this little device that sets off all the car alarms, yeah, you know he's hiding behind and he's hiding behind the street cleaning uh, truck
1: and I like when he finally meets up with when he finally gets in and meets up with Conklin here, and mm-hmm. Conklin tell tells him what happened, and he has the flashbacks, and he finally remembers everything, yeah. And, and I like and he didn't kill Wombosi because his kids were there.
0: Which I like.
1: I do like, but at the same time, he should have known that if he spent five days staking True. out on that yacht. You would,
0: yeah, you would think. <laughs> you would think he would have figured that out. Cause, and it makes sense because we see, the, like, he takes the kids to the morgue with him. Mm-hmm. So, and we find, they have the scene, and we it turns out that Conklin had triggered his silent alarm. And so Bourne beats him up. And tries to get away. We get a bit of a I don't know. Probably my least favorite part of the movie is this fight on the stairs.
1: Yeah. It seems implausible.
0: Like his ability to ride another guy down through the center of the stairs and then shoot it shoot somebody on the way down and then land on the guy and not and be able to get up and walk away seems very improbable. Cause they yeah. fall what, about four stories at least.
1: Yeah, and the fact... yeah, It's the fact that he shoots the guy while falling that I just find...
0: (laughs) Yeah. Unlikely. Not to mention... Theoretically possible. The special effect of that shot isn't very good either. No.
1: Also, landing on top of another body is not going to keep you from dying.
0: No. It's slight cushioning, but not much. Yeah. Now, what I do really like, though, is... You know, he, he's limping at least. So there's that. But I like this misdirection with the last Treadstone Assassin here who we've been seeing off and on throughout the movie.
1: Yeah. So you think that he's about to shoot Jason Bourne, but he's actually going to shoot Conklin. Yeah. And, that, and he, that was a nice fake out.
0: You, you just. Yeah. He's sitting in his car and you just see somebody limping up to his car and. And the guy gets out and it's Conklin and not Bourne.
1: Right. Because you first see you also do see Jason Bourne limping.
0: Yep. And walking out. In this in what looks like the same alley. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's that's well done. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it turns out that, yes, uh, Brian Cox or Ward Abbott has had enough of Conklin at this point and is has him killed to clean up everything.
0: And Gabriel Mann just switched sides pretty quickly there. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But it makes you wonder if he was with him at all uh, the whole time because he's he shows up with him in the next movie anyway yeah he does yep okay yes
1: uh and that computer is definitely running either windows nt 4.0 <laughs> or windows 98 because it has a task scheduler icon in the system tray
0: oh okay this is the one that's in the treadstone office the that they're turning yes. off all also, the computers.
1: um, they clearly didn't expect people with HD screens to be able to see what was on the screen because the map is a QuickTime video. It's oh no. playing in QuickTime <laughs> oh player. <no. laughs> it actually you can you can see in the taskbar that QuickTime player is the active application.
0: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yes. Oh, the one right in the close-up of the monitor he turns off? Yes. Nice. <laughs> uh, we get a nice little uh, thread that gets dropped here that gets picked up for Born Ultimatum when uh, Brian Cox mentions Operation Black Briar in passing mm-hmm. here at this budget meeting. Find out about that later. Yeah,
1: that'll probably come up again. Yeah. And I think, honestly, this movie could end... We could never have a sequel, and this would be fine. I agree. This movie has a very nice ending, I think. Mm-hmm. Ties everything up. He finds the girl at
0: the end. There actually was more to the ending that had Abbott visiting born in Greece that clearly would not have worked for the story they ended up telling later on that I'm mm-hmm. really glad they cut because it's not needed.
1: And I'll be honest, I can't remember anything from about the born Supremacy. Okay.
0: I like... This last scene where he goes, because she, she's opened a scooter shop and cafe, it looks like. Uh, I like the touch of she's planted flowers in the red bag from from the uh, from the bank. I like her line where she's he's asked if you can run a scooter and he says, do you have ID? And he's like, no, not really. which is a cute way to end the movie, although we end the movie with Moby because it's 2002. Yes. Although the end of the movie with Moby up and even like the last movie, I think like he just kept changing his song. Did they? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, that's that's the Born Identity. And I think they, yeah, they made a they made a movie that wasn't your typical spy fair for the time, I don't think, which is, you know, a good thing. Yeah, I I. I think it was a very good movie.
1: Yeah, uh, especially given the time. Like, I mean, we've seen a lot of movies similar to this since this, but mm-hmm. not too many before this. We'll it's, see at least pretty groundbreaking four in a more lot of, of ways. them.
0: Yeah, you know, it is. It's <laughs> it's one of those movies that I think one of the things it did was it started or it continued a trend that it started probably with the Matrix a few years, like I guess what five years earlier, where. The, the actual stars of the movie started doing their own stunts and their own scenes where, you know, you could tell it was Matt Damon doing a lot of the, the Kung, they not Kung Fu, the, uh, the martial arts and things like that. Uh, whereas, you know, in years past it would have been close ups and then, you know, not Roger Moore would show up and do, do a stunt. Um, right. Cause I guess, and I think a lot of that has to do with just, you know, a, the, the expectations around that, but also the ability of, you know, we can hang you from a roof and digitally erase the wires and whatnot that you couldn't do up until right around this time, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, which lets you do a lot more dangerous things that you couldn't just get. You just couldn't risk doing before. Or or you could risk doing them, but you just see this giant harness holding up your your star. So. Yeah. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the next one. I, I know you said you don't remember a lot about it. I don't remember anything about it. So I am looking forward to it as well. I think I'll enjoy watching it. I'll probably have like two notes. Ooh, okay. I mean, it is my favorite of the original three. So, okay. And actually that probably makes it my favorite of the five because. (laughs) 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 Although to be fair, I have, I've only seen the, um, I've only seen the fourth one, the, the Jeremy Renner one once. I us.
1: honestly think I have only ever seen any of these once. Okay. I own Born Ultimatum. As I mentioned, I used mm-hmm. to own it on HD DVD, and I now own it on Blu-ray, but I have never watched it okay. on Blu-ray. Okay. I okay. saw it in the theater. Yep. I enjoyed it in the theater. I do remember the implausible motorcycle jump. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember not hating the Jeremy Renner one, which I also yep. saw in the theater, uh, but also... Th- Feeling like it didn't have any point. Yeah. And then I remember being thoroughly underwhelmed by the, by Jason Bourne.
0: Yeah. I think underwhelmed is a good, yeah. Although if I remember right, Alicia Vikander's in that movie, which is always good. Yeah,
1: but Alicia Vikander was also in the Tomb Raider movie. That's true. And the the bad Tomb Raider movie. The bad
0: Tomb, yeah, yeah.
1: So, like, that doesn't necessarily mean that, yeah.
0: No. I mean, I... We'll get to it when we get to it. I'm not a huge fan of the third one in retrospect, because, well, we'll get to it. I do think yeah. they make one really clever storytelling choice that I'm looking forward to discussing, um, but I'm going to okay leave it there. Uh, <laughs> which we'll probably end up talking about when we talk about the next movie anyway. But, uh... For that, uh, do you have anything else to say about this movie?
1: No, I think we've covered most everything.
0: I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I always enjoy watching this one. And uh, with that, we will uh, continue. License the Spiel will return with The Born Supremacy. <laughs>